I don't know. I think, uh, Bob, if I were a batter, I'd get me a butterfly net and step in there and just try to catch it rather than hit it. <laughs> I'll take a swatter and try to swat it. Oh, it looks very easy to hit. It's just tantalizing comes up there. It looks perhaps like a basketball to some of them. No score in this ball game. Top of the fifth inning. Sidearm, underhand. He threw the bat at it. Missed it. Strike three. <laughs> the bat was thrown at the ball, and it goes uh, exactly halfway between the mound and first base. Welcome to the BBA Today, your podcast that covers events around the Brewster Baseball Association every day with your host, Yellow Springs 9 General Manager, Ron Collins. And now, let's get on with the show. Hey, welcome to episode 45, I think it is, of the BBA Today. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's 45. I have to go back and check. I think the last one was uh, was the uh, Recti Henry Aaron 44, so this must make it 45. Uh, I am excited today to uh, break back into the BBA Today podcast uh, with a cohort of mine, Joe Leverer, the Boise General Manager, is here to me uh, today to to uh, to get us kicked off back into the BBA uh, range. So, Joe, thank you so much for taking your uh, time this afternoon to get me back into the flow of this whole podcasting thing. Absolutely. And I think it's fitting. I'm on number 45. I think I might have been on number 23, which everyone remembers Michael Jordan wearing. But uh, after he came out of retirement, he wore 45. And we're kind of coming out of retirement here for this podcast, number 45. So it's only fitting. The world just lines up in ways that just you never know how it possibly makes sense. But then somebody puts things into perspective and you go, well, of course, that's exactly how it was preordained to be. I think... um, you know, the, the league has been a little bit um, kind of stepped back a little bit from our massive participation in 42. Right. Now it's only an above average participation <laughs> league by by a mile rather than by, you know, a light year. <clears throat> For me personally, uh, first off, thank you uh, to everyone out there who has dropped me notes and things like that. I, I certainly appreciate it. I uh, This has definitely been a little bit of a difficult time for me. Uh, so thank you for your patience and, and for just being here. Um, as a personal note to anyone who does listen to this, the BBA really does uh, serve as a uh, refuge for me at certain times like this. And um, uh, it's been nice to be able to just check the site for five minutes and see what's going on and, and kind of go into another <laughs> into another world. Absolutely. Um, with that, I think uh, what I would like to do is uh, uh, I suggested to Joe and Joe suggested to me that it makes total sense because uh, I think this is going to be kind of like a two blind mice episode. <laughs> um, we're both trying to get back into the league a little bit and get our, our pinkies wet and so forth. Uh, so I think uh, maybe what, I, what I'd like to do here is uh, let's throw some things back and forth at each other. Um, about things that we've noticed in the league. I'll call it uh, did you know kind of a thing. Does that make sure, sense? Sure, that works. Yeah, absolutely. Excellent, excellent. Um, so I've been poking around a little bit, and uh, what I would, would throw out here first is, did you know that San Antonio is finally for real, and Ricardo Rivera, I think, is going to have a candy bar named after him. 
you know, I did not know they're finally for real. Please tell me more about that, Ron. <laughs> well, I think that it's hard to miss them totally sitting up there at the very top of the of the uh, what used to be like the best division in baseball, and it's now um, being questioned as far as the Atlantic is concerned. Um, but you know, people have been talking about Ricardo Rivera for years. The the real question that I have for you on the did you know is. Uh, Rivera has thrown only two home runs all year so far. Wow. Do you know who hit them? I don't know. And uh, he's he's had a track record of not giving up many home runs. So uh, when it does happen, it should uh, it should make headline news. So shame on me for, for not knowing who's been the lucky two guys, or maybe it's one guy who hit two. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> tell me more. Who are the two lucky guys that have hit uh, dingers off old Ricardo? Well, the first one probably isn't going to be too much of a surprise. It's a it's a gentleman in Atlantic City named Juan Rivera. I think you might. Mm, he's pretty him. good. Yeah, he's 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 hit home run uh, yeah. once or twice this season. He took uh, Rivera downtown on May thirty first, end of May. That was the second home run that Rivera had given up. The first one is a little bit more obscure, and that is Jacksonville's Mitsuhide Suzuki. Wow. Who on the year is hitting 218, 266, uh, but is slugging 412, which is just barely enough probably to keep him in the league. But that <laughs> happened on April 17th this year. I wonder if he collected that uh, that ball and uh, got it signed uh, by Ricardo and it's sitting on his uh, on his mantle saying he can he can say he took him deep. I would have to think that that would be um, like first and foremost on Suzuki's mind because I think he's 26 or 27 years old and um, <laughs> and likely the time uh, the old clock is ticking for him. Um, but I also wanted to note that uh, this is not just Ricardo Rivera's team in San Antonio. San Antonio may actually be building um, maybe the next kind of Edmonton wave of the future here because they've got another sheriff in town by the name of uh, Ruben Vasquez, who is Vasquez, who is uh, 20 years old and debuting this year. I don't know. Uh, I obviously have not been digging around enough in the league to know exactly how much buzz he's been getting. But that combination of Ricardo Rivera and Ruben Vasquez, who is throwing a 293 ERA uh, with 118 strikeouts and 23 walks, uh, those two are going to be uh, really tough, especially if the if Condo keeps in. And the, I mean, that, that the San Antonio team is going to be a tough team. Yeah, I mean, uh, you talked about Rivera and Vasquez. I mean, Condo and and. Uh... Riggs Carpenter are, are an afterthought right now. It's uh, it's incredible that starting rotation that San Antonio's put together. Yeah, when you can when you can say Condo and Carpenter are essentially your number threes and fours kind of guys. Um, and who else? They've got a I can't remember who their fifth guy is, but uh, Pasias, I think. Yes, there you uh, go. He's, yeah, um, really a dangerous team. Really dangerous, and uh, you know we saw Larry Stinson make his debut last year, and uh, Bustamante is another young uh, stud that they have offense. So this is a a really well-rounded team. I think, if anything, they maybe need some help with the bullpen. But when you're trotting out those four starters, um, you know you're you're looking good. No, and uh, they're they're definitely um, making a name for themselves, not only in the frontier, not only in the Johnson, but uh, the entire league. So, what do you got? So, Ron, I've been doing some homework. I've been doing some research, and uh, you know, San Antonio is playing well. But did you know that there's a, a second-year team out in Kuwait City that has the best winning percentage in all of the Omiba? 
I did not know that. You, well, you should know that. Uh, Kuwait City has really turned it around. Uh, we all know how they did last year. Uh, GM Chad kind of uh, joined uh, a little late, a couple weeks into the season, uh, had some transaction issues, not, no, no fault of his own, and uh, they kind of uh, couldn't make up uh, that uh, that tough start. But uh, 2043 is a whole different story, and you know uh, we all saw the moves that Chad made to kind of bring in some cast-offs from the BBA, like Virgil Schaefer, Weaver Ripley. They're all having great seasons. They're paying dividends, and uh, that offense out there in Quay City is uh, arguably, you know, the best in the Burt, and uh, I think they're getting just enough pitching. Uh, no real studs out there uh, in the rotation, uh, but they are leading uh, the league in uh, in strikeouts. So uh, if, if you can't, uh, you know, keep the runs down, or if you if you have some walks, you know, getting the the outs by strikeout is uh, is a big deal. So really hats off to uh, Chad and Kuwait City for this quick turnaround. Yeah, definitely. That's a, that's, that is extremely interesting. Um, I had poked around a little bit in the Umeba, you know, and kind of looked at, I'll call it the classics. I was looking for where Michael Best was, who is quite sure. the beast mm-hmm. <laughs> in the Umeba, as expected, and the David Halls, and checking into Jerusalem to see where they were, were going. And um, um, it is a, quite an interesting situation. I hadn't really paid that much attention. I saw Kuwait at the uh, city at the top, but I hadn't realized that they were as... Uh, as strong as they have been, that's uh, that was that's pretty cool. Uh, congratulations, Chad, and uh, and it bodes well for. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We we saw that last year where a couple teams you know came out with uh, good starts uh, in the first half, and then a couple of them uh, you know they slid back and missed the playoffs or yeah. uh, were kind of fighting their way. But uh, like I think Baghdad, the Kuwait I think had a big injury. Yep, that hurt them so. Exactly. So I, I think this Kuwait City uh, uh, story bodes well for the, the last crop of expansion teams, uh, uh, CSKA and uh, the, the Libyan Generals. They're both in last place. But, you know, if you, if you have a good offseason and uh, make some moves, um, you can be in first place you know, next year. So uh, pretty exciting to see down there in uh, the Omiba. Yeah, and I think uh, in the case of CSKA and in uh, Libyan Generals, um, as expansion teams, you know, when Chad took over Kuwait City, as you mentioned, um, they were in kind of <laughs> they were in pretty dire straits. They were like uh, Omaha's city, or you know, Omaha was at the beginning of this year. Um, so mm-hmm. the mere fact that it picked up, uh, Libya and CSK are actually still within shooting distance, are easily within shooting distance of staying out of the cellar in both of their divisions. So that, uh, the Umeba has uh, has quite an interesting little flavor to it, and I'm enjoying watching uh, seeing seeing how that's working out here this year. Yeah, likewise. It's fun. Well, speaking of teams that are playing well, uh, let me throw another. Did you, uh, uh, did you, are you aware that uh, Atlantic City is good again this year? I did not know that. Uh, am I surprised? I'm not surprised, but uh, I did not know that. Tell me more, Ron. Yeah, they, they, um, I think, I don't know if you're aware, they were actually in first place for a similar to last year, uh, back in the April-May time period. I can't remember exactly when it was. Uh, but they are currently at the top of the of the Atlantic Division again. But the most interesting about thing about that is because Atlantic City um, has is, is kind of, has a flavor of the Juan Rivera offense bludgeon teams to death and hope that their pitching staff stays in. But did you know that this year they are doing it with pitching? Wow. Uh, that's, that's not what I expected. You know, the, 
the Illingsworths and the Riveras, sure, we, we all know how good those guys are. And, uh, but, uh, you know, that, that pitching has uh, definitely caught me by surprise for sure. Yeah, if you look at Atlantic City uh, in the rotation, they have four of their five starters are under four ERAs. And yes, uh, offense is down a little bit this year. Uh, but that uh, rotation, if you can put four, it's a kind of a, almost a no-name rotation with the exception, of course, that Morales is, uh, Kevin Morales is in there and he's sitting at a 3.41 ERA. Uh, but Morales' best date, you know, he's 31, his Nebraska days are behind him. And I don't think that when people think of aces around the, around the uh, league that Kevin Morales is the first name that jumps out at people anymore. Mm-mm. Uh, there are... Um, Starter uh, rotation ERA is like third best in the Johnson at 3.67, and their bullpen ERA is coming up. Uh, last year, I think they were pretty dang soft in the bullpen. It's at 3.39, which is number five in the league. You put a high-powered offense like uh, Atlantic City has together with a upper third pitching staff, and um, and that's going to be interesting to watch. So. Uh, that surprised me quite a bit as I was t- picking through and trying to catch up on on where things are. So, yeah, and uh, they they got a couple of good players down in the minors and AAA uh, relievers. So if if they have any injuries or if they make any trades, they can call up uh, guys like Waits and, and Campos to kind of backfill. And they also have a, a a stud prospect in Jose Romero who's kind of blocked by Illingsworth and Rivera. So if they can move him for a uh, you know, package him for uh, another starter or, or something here for the, the home stretch, second half. Uh, look out. You know, Atlantic City, I think, has uh, Landis uh, aspirations in their view. Yeah, I actually have a little bit of a uh, scoop here, a little bit mm. of a, a news bit when it comes to Jose Romero. And that is I have heard that he really wants to play in Yellow Springs. Wow. Um, and He's so- not the first to say that. No, he is not the first to say that, and uh, and so far, as best as I can tell, everyone who's said it has never quite made their way to Yellow Springs, <laughs> but there's a first time for everything, and uh, and it seems like if uh, if Joshua Biddle were, you know, a fine upstanding person looking out for his uh, for his players, they, he would he would consider that a little bit. <clears throat> that that remains to be seen, but uh, I'm, I'm sure it won't be the last we hear about this. <laughs> well, you know, these things have a tendency of sticking in the news cycle for a while. They do. They do. Well, you know, yes. Uh, so, yeah, you schooled me on uh, Atlantic City. Their offense is, uh, is awesome. They're pitching awesome. They're, they're in first place. Um, so on the flip side, we all know Atlantic City's good. Uh, but uh, I, mean, I think we all know uh, the struggles that uh, Omaha has had this year. Uh, they lost 13 straight to start the year. Uh, but, you know, without those losses since then, they've, they've played uh, about a 460 winning percentage, uh, which isn't great, but uh, it's not as bad as you think. And, you know, if they, you know, 460 would uh, put you in the hunt there in the Pacific. So, oh, yeah, uh, 460 would be uh, one of the best teams in the Pacific. <laughs> looking at it, I guess it's about, uh, well, if I squint, I can say that puts them in the fourth, I would say, in the Pacific. So. Yeah, and I, I think it was just Omaha. You know, they had their new uniforms. They probably hadn't washed them, broken them in yet. They were probably stiff, uh, maybe itchy. Yeah, but cause, it seems like it's like those new uniforms cause rashes in the armpits and you know things like that. That probably makes it a little difficult to play until they break them in a little bit. So that makes yeah. Sense. I mean, they could have gotten the Costanza, uh, or you know, uh, say you know you should do cotton. It's nice and breathable, and then it shrinks through the sweat. So so who knows? But. Um, 
You would think Omaha's it's 2043. Not- <laughs> you would 2043, and you would think that the teen <laughs> laundromat people would be able to to think through that a little bit further. <clears throat> I think we should suggest uh, that should be a new feature for uh, OOTP uh, for 22. <laughs> hey, that works. <laughs> uh, but Omaha isn't the only team that's uh, had some struggles. Uh, did you know, Ron, that there's another team that has lost 12 games straight this year? Two? Um, yes. Uh, tell me more. Who is this uh, lucky team? Uh, the lucky team, the quote unquote, dozen. lucky team. Yes, is uh, is poor Jacksonville. They uh, they lost a dozen games between uh, June fourteenth and twenty sixth. Then they did end up beating Charlotte uh, eight to five. Uh, but then now they've lost seven in a row. So uh, during that stretch, they're they're playing. They've won two games to twenty three losses. So it's uh, it's been a rough go at it this year in Jacksonville. And I do. Do feel feel bad for their front office. I do feel bad for their fans. Uh, this is a team that's, you know, they started strong, and we all know they're rebuilding. And uh, you know, you you string a couple wins, and you're right around 500 for a little bit. And you feel good, and then you know the OTB and, and baseball gods uh, smack you right in the mouth. That is true, and I probably should have come up with that because Drake has been uh, been bemoaning his. Uh, his club's plight here for the, the recent past. It's actually that has, does surprise me quite a bit. Actually, I didn't, um, I didn't uh, expect Jacksonville was going to go out and be competitive, but they've got a lot of young players who um, stringing together losses like that is actually uh, kind of surprising. I would have expected, some, um, you know, I, I just can't imagine twelve straight losses for. Yeah, that, that's for tough. That's. Uh... That's the definition of growing pains, but uh, I, I, I think I think there's a lot of uh, other GMs in the league that uh, do see what's going on out there and do think that uh, they'll they'll be able to right the ship in, in the next uh, season or two and, and get back to to being relatively competitive. Well, there you go. Well, hey, I've mentioned a time or two ago that um, runs have been down in the in the league. I think everyone knew that was. Uh, likely going to happen the question i have for you is do you know how far down they are i i do not know how far down ron uh if i had a guess just looking at my own team i would say it's 99 percent down uh <laughs> that might be uh i might be a little over exaggerating but uh tell me how how, how far down are, are runs this year yeah i think that makes sense because the spuds are not mashing that no <laughs> no it's all <laughs> Al Grotten Rotten is what's Al going on rotten. in Boise. Uh, yep. Their bats are kind of fried right now. So. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, and their pitching is getting scalped, but that's all. Oh, <laughs> well played, sir. Well played. Uh, last year, uh, runs were at about 5.2 runs a game. This year, we're at about 4.46, if my math is right. So that means we're down about um, six-tenths of a run, which is a pretty uh, a pretty hefty drop uh, when it gets right down to it. So I think uh, among the things we're seeing is that some pitchers are starting to look a little bit nicer, and uh, some of the really great pitchers, um, you know, I mentioned Ricardo Rivera. I think his ERA is 1.53. That's getting down into Gibsonian levels. <laughs> yes. Right. Um, and so a follow-on question is, do you know how far down they are by division? Mm, I don't know. If I had a guess, I would say the 
Heartland would be very little change or the fewest change from last year, just from, from some of the stat lines and, and some of the numbers I've seen. Uh, but I could be wrong. Uh, how does it break down uh, by division there, Ron? Uh, yes, Heartland is uh, actually down the least at about 4.7 uh, Pacific, down in the 4.65-ish range. Um, the most interesting question thing there is in the Johnson. Uh, we have the Frontier and the Atlantic um, Atlantic is in the, I think the about 4.3 frontiers uh, shade under 4.2. You add it all together, and what you end up with is the Johnson League is scoring about 4.2 runs a game, and the uh, frontier or not the frontier, the Frick is uh, 4.66. So there is almost a half a run a game difference between the leagues. And it's probably more valuable to look at it leagues since the divisions play each other's within the leagues, but the leagues don't, right? Uh, right. So I thought that was quite interesting. If you compare that to last year, uh, the uh, gap was about 1.5 runs. Uh, the the uh, Frontier, or the, the Frontier, the Frick was at 5.25 and the Johnson was at 5.1. Uh, so not only is offense down, but the gap between the leagues is... Uh, is quite uh, uh, exaggerated so far this year, which I thought was interesting. It just means the pitching is better in the in the Johnson. That's all that means. Yeah, it, it could well be that the pitching <laughs> is better in the Johnson. It could also be that the ballparks are considerably different. Um, yeah, we did have a change in Omaha, uh, so that, that that's not going to affect the the league that much, but uh, it, it will be a, a factor for sure. There you go. And here's a special bonus too within the okay. Mayba. Oh. Uh, the Burt League, uh, Burt League is at 5.5 runs a game, and the Bancroft is at 5.7, so they equal out at about 5.6. There's a bunch of runs still being scored in the Umeba, so uh, probably um, in the offseason we need to chat with Matt and see if he can do a little adjusting so that the poor Umeba pitchers aren't getting <laughs> getting their arm two inches longer on one side than the other. <laughs> Yeah, I, I hate to put you on the spot, but do you know what the the Amoeba uh, runs per game were last year? Uh, about the same. Uh, okay. Maybe a little bit less. I'm not completely sure about that. But they were definitely not massively more. I know that much. Yeah, look, looking through the numbers, uh, there seems to be – it's like very top-heavy and bottom-heavy. You know, they're, they're, the offense, there's been some really incredible offensive seasons so far. Uh, but then if you look at the worst pitchers – uh, it seems to be uh, that is standing out more than in years past. So uh, it's kind of, uh, you know, both ends of the spectrum have kind of widened themselves uh, a bit to, you know, that to kind of offset that. Oh, there you go. Uh, I got another uh, did you know here, Ron, uh, you know, you're saying the runs are down. Uh, and like I said, uh, you know, there's some amazing offensive numbers across the league. Uh, Semi Kwaku, uh, I'm sure you've heard of him. No, don't, I don't tell know. me about Semi Kwaku. Yeah, I don't talk to me about Semi Kwaku. You don't need a do you know about Semi Kwaku, but uh, <laughs> his uh, his 1.157 OPS uh, is great. It's uh, not uh, not you know going to it's, it's approaching you know one of the best all time uh, with uh, Miguel uh, Aguilar. He's still got some ways to go, uh, but that OPS isn't even the highest OPS in the entire BBA. Did you know, Ron? 
that the beloved Sataharo O the third has the highest OPS with a one point one nine nine OPS. Oh my goodness! What what team he he's with the Umeba? What team is he in the Umeba? It makes some sense given that the offense is so high there. But one point one nine nine. Yes. Does he ever uh, get out? On, yeah, yeah, yeah. With a three eighty five batting average, he doesn't get out too often. Uh, he's on Istanbul. Um, 385 batting average leads the league. Uh, he's chipped in 29 home runs so far. He's got 76 RBIs. So he's having just, uh, a, a tremendous, uh, uh, season. And he's one of those names that, you know, uh, guys who have been in the, in the league for three or four years, recognize his name from the BBA. And, uh, now he's doing his thing, uh, overseas. And, and he's actually not the only one putting up some crazy numbers and, and you've brought up a couple other ones. Um, you know, David Hall, the home run hitting machine. Uh, when he retires, I'm going to, I'm going to push for making the MVP, the, the David Hall award, but uh, he's on pace for 79 home runs, uh, which is incredible. Uh, Raul Hernandez, he had the uh, great season last year, got derailed a little bit by an injury, kind of uh, hurt his chances at a triple crown, but he's on pace for 182 RBI. Oh it's just, uh, yeah, the, the numbers this year uh, are, 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 uh, they're eye-opening, uh, but they're fun if they're on your team. Not fun if you got to face these guys, but uh, it's fun to, to have one of these guys putting up uh, just incredible uh, offensive campaigns. Yeah, that's awesome. And it makes actually the uh, – uh, as I think about it, and I hate to go back to Quaco because, <laughs> I mean, like he needs more press. Right. Um, but that 1.157 OPS in a um, – Offensively, in an offensive decline around the league, um, speaks for <laughs> speaks even more miles than than uh, he's done in the past. Quaco is a really uh, remarkable player, and um, I understand that Quaco wants to play in Yellow Springs too. I haven't actually heard that, but I'm 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 on the official path at this stage to finally hear it. I have not heard that, but I have heard about 30 other GMs say that they, they've heard Quaco wants to play on their team. So uh, add you to the mix, that's 31, and then obviously Louisville wants to keep him in, in tow. So it seems like, uh, I don't know if these rumors can be uh, substantiated, but uh, it seems like Quaco could, could end up anywhere. Who knows? Yeah, there you go. Well, we've been talking about offense up and offense down and offense up and offense down. Let's talk about it down again. Did you know that stolen bases are way down this year uh, from a a percentage success standpoint as well as our raw totals? Um, uh, We are down to 65% is our Mm. baseline success rate in the league. That is back to the mid-30s levels, uh, back to before the uh, advent of Mons Raider and all that other good stuff. Um. So let me ask you the biggest question is, do you know who are the worst and best base dealers by percent success rate uh, success rate right now? Best base dealers. I mean, I know you've always touted uh, Thumb as being a very good uh, uh, base dealer. Um, goodness gracious, that's a great question. It's definitely not going to be a Boise spud because we've ran into a lot of outs on base paths. Uh, so I don't know. Tell me, Ron, who, who's 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 at the top? Who's at the bottom? Well, like most of my questions, it depends. <laughs> right. Because, of course, these are the kinds of things you get into on uh, attempt basis and things like that. So, sure. If you're going to look at 
uh, kind of the, uh, if you let the, the numbers be, the attempts uh, be small enough, you get a different answer. But I'm going to focus on, especially on the best side, on guys who have tr attempted to steal, you know, 25, 30, 50 times. And so the very, uh, you mentioned Thumb. Uh, Thumb is an 80 percenter. He's number three on my list. 80.6% um, is uh, positive. <clears throat> Pardon me. I know, I know, talk, <laughs> I know talking about Thumb chokes you up. Uh, very understandable. Well, without any question, you know, because clearly he should be number one no matter what. And I definitely know he wants to play in Yellow Springs. There's no question <laughs> about that. Number two on my list is uh, Quant Kuros at 82.5%. Uh, 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 Kuros is leading uh, leading in, I think he's leading the league in stolen bases, uh, as well as attempts. So that makes him quite valuable. If I drop down a little bit further, actually the best base dealer in the league right now is um, Rockville's Pedro Diaz at 88.9% in 27 attempts. Oh, my so that's goodness. adding some serious um, uh, runs with your feet there. Yeah, I think uh, there was some talk last year. Uh, his name was being thrown around uh, when we were kind of discussing the who who are the elite shortstops. And, uh, you know, Diaz, his numbers don't jump out because he's not a power hitter. And he, he hits right around 300, but he's not a huge on-base guy. But uh, he is one of, like you said, one of the best base dealers. And he's he's got a tremendous glove. So he's... He's one of the more underrated players in the in the league for sure. Yeah. When I look at the opposite side, I actually wonder what in the world is going on in the Heartland. Are we just mm. two, um, you know, thou shalt not steal kind of people, right? I mean, <laughs> uh, you, you know, this is the the uh, Bible Belt and the Corn Belt and and so forth. So you know, do unto others and all that other good stuff. You've got Andre Lee in Omaha who has been caught. 17 times out of the 41 times that he's attempted to steal. He's 24 oh, stolen bases and 17 uh, caught stealing, which is not quite the ratio that I think most teams are looking for. And then you've got again, teams, again, that could go back to the uniforms. You know, his shoes could be tied together. Who knows what's going on over that in That makes Omaha. sense, too. I mean, you start, to, you start to add data together and you get a full picture of this. <laughs> yep. Clearly, I'm on this. I'm getting more uh, uh, motivation to go to out of the park and ask for a team launderer that you have to hire, right? Exactly. I mean, that would only make sense for a uh, seamstress um, tailoring company, right? Yep, and I'll be giving them all the PP to make sure they're they're the best in the league. There you go. Got to look spiffy. <laughs> You've also got Twin Cities Francisco Arandando stolen 18 bases, thrown out 15 times. Not good. Not good. Oh, boy. But those two are actually, you know, on the positive side. You've got Madison's Andrew Torres has stolen 10 bases and thrown out 15 times. You've got to oh. wonder at some point whether he's just giving himself up. Oh, my. God. Yeah, really. No kidding. And that's not even the worst because you've got Chicago's Thomas Duran. Eight stolen bases in 12 attempts right, with 12 caught stealings. Um at some point, don't you think that you just have to have, like, the, uh, you know, roadrunner sitting there with the little stop sign waving or something? I don't know. Yeah, just keep that light on red, you know, put blinders on them. Just tell them, you know, don't take take one foot off the base. That's it. That's the only lead you get. That's incredible. There you go. So, anyway, those are um, 
those are some interesting numbers that I was kind of digging through, and it it, uh, it struck me as surprising. I wasn't too surprised that the stolen base success rate and levels were down a little bit. Um, but when I started seeing some of the breaks, and especially that it uh, fell into the heartland so much, that's a um, I'm not sure what the you know what the social structure of the world is about about what's going on in the heartland, but <laughs> something to dig into deeper, that's for sure. Well, hey, I got one uh, one last did you know for you, and uh, this guy doesn't really have to worry about uh, steals because there's not too many guys getting on base uh, against him. But uh, did you know that uh, reliever extraordinaire uh, Lorenzo de Medici is on pace for? I hope you're sitting down here, Ron. 324 punchouts, and I remind you, he is a reliever. 324 punchouts. Uh, wow, that's like uh, he's an air conditioning machine. He is. He's just uh, the fans are on when when uh, when he's out there. It's that comes out to 16.5 Ks per nine. Um, you know, it is a did you know, but it shouldn't come as a surprise. Uh, Recti was was touting him going to to top 300 in the in the off season, uh, and sure enough, it looks like he's he's on pace to do that. Uh, you know, mix in a, a .84 WHIP, uh, and he's on pace for over five WAR as a reliever. Uh, I mean, he has taken the the bumps rating and, and stuff, and he's taken the the decline in offense. And the bump league wide, I believe, in strikeouts, and uh, really uh, turned it on. This is going to be a, a reliever season for the ages. Yeah, he's uh, it is definitely a reliever season without any question. And I think a lot of the bumped up stuff is uh, obviously a part of that with some of the changes. Kind of a perfect storm for De Medici in that sense. Um, really is, yeah. Right. You start. Uh, you know, I'm wondering whether we're going to have to lower the mound for him or something just to. Uh, and put in a special Di Medici rule that says the mound lowers three inches whenever he comes into the game. Yeah, lower the mound or make him uh, pitch from second base, something like that. One of the two will, will work for me. Well, whatever oh, it is, like we'll, we'll have to figure it out. Yeah, I like that. It's kind of like a, uh, how, do, how do they do the pitching in cricket? Do you have to run up <laughs> yeah. forward or something like that? I've, that'd, that'd be a, we, we definitely need to be looking at a Di Medici rule as we look into uh, – <laughs> 2044. I think that's the only reasonable thing to do right now because we just cannot have Nashville with a guy like that. That's uh, either that or we could move Nashville into the frontier. I think that would work. That would work yeah, too. or yeah, or just make Medici pitch from the locations in the in the frontier. <laughs> He'd still, probably still probably strike out 15 yeah. a game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It'll it'll only knock him down just a hair. <laughs> All righty. Well, I think that kind of runs us uh, through everything that I've got. Do you have anything anything else that you want to throw out here? Uh, no, it's just, uh, you know, I, I was uh, taking a little sabbatical, uh, just work, being busy, and uh, just some other stuff going on. But uh, we're at the midway point. I jumped back in with the all-star voting, make sure everyone votes for the, for the all-star here uh, before the next sim. And uh, I'm uh, I got my juices, uh, you know, pumping and my batteries are recharged. I'm ready for for the second half, uh, even though we're probably out of it. But uh, the all these different numbers and players and stats we threw around, I'll, I'll be watching them uh, for the rest of the season because it's been uh, it's been a fun year uh, stat wise and, and some surprising uh, storylines. Yep, it's always fun, and I appreciate you taking your time to get me back into the process of getting steeped back into the league. Um, always a great time, Joe. Thanks for your time here today. 
Likewise, Ron. Good luck here in the second half. Yep, you too. And good luck to everyone else. You've been listening to the BBA Today, a podcast that covers the Brewster Baseball Association every day. Music is Bold Statement, available at fesleyandstudios.com and used with attribution. Be safe and well, and we will hear you again tomorrow.